Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lucky Life Podcast, where we create our own luck and design the life of our dreams. I'm your host, Melissa Merck. Let's dive right into the episode. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different from the episodes we've done so far. We officially have our first guest. I'm going to be talking with my friend Steven today, and the topic of discussion is finances, but specifically finances surrounding being self-employed. And just a little preface, this is in no way a financial advice podcast. In fact, it's probably the opposite. I really just wanted to chat about more so the struggle of trying to navigate finances, uh, being self-employed as an influencer someone in the content creation world. I feel like it's the side that's not talked about as often, so I kind of wanted to get behind the curtain a little bit and just speak candidly. So that's kind of the direction we're going to be heading in today's discussion. The main reason I'm filming this extra intro though, this was my first time doing a dual audio recording and I fully trial run a new way of recording and editing, which it actually did turn out pretty good, except I think my microphone was like half falling out of the USB port when I was recording for like the first half of this podcast. You may notice that my audio is a little bit muffled and quieter. Steven's mic was pretty good for the whole the whole recording. Um, but about halfway through, we did take a break. And then when we came back, my microphone was fine. So I'm not totally sure what happened there, but I just wanted to let you know that the audio is not the best in the beginning. And then it kind of switches up around the 20 minute mark. So there might be a difference in the audio volume. I'm not really sure. Hopefully it's not too distracting. I am still learning and figuring out how all of this podcasting stuff works. But, but anyways, that's all that I wanted to say for this intro. So now we can jump into today's episode. Today is a very special day because we have our first guest on the show, Stephen Kovic. I'm excited. <laughs> Welcome. And I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like we've already done a podcast together. We have. And we talk on the all the time on yeah. the phone. So it's, it feels like this is FaceTime, but in real life. Exactly. So if you guys don't know Stephen, he's one of my good friends. And if you follow me on my socials, you've probably seen him because he's been on my Instagram and my YouTube and he has his own social media as well. He's in like the content creation space. And he also has his own podcast with one of our friends, Lindsay. Yes. So I did an episode with them, if you guys want to check that out. So I thought Stephen was a good person to come on because we're both self-employed and in the content creation space. But when we met, which was like eight years ago, I think. It feels crazy that it's been... Is it like nine years ago? I think it was like 2016 or 2015. What is that? Seven, seven, eight years? Yeah. I feel like we should talk about our story because I think it's like funny how we actually met. But anyways, that's... Yeah. No, let's start there because like when I met you, had you started on social media? No. I wanted to. Like I thought it was cool. Um, but I really didn't know anything about it, but I was interning at that like production company, which is funny enough. I just shared something about that the other day. Yeah. You like, I guess you joined with like much digital studios at the time. Yeah. So basically me and Steven met in Toronto Mm -hmm. at the M is it MMVAs, much music, but I was there as like, honestly, to this day, I don't even know what my role was exactly. I was kind of like an internet VJ with much music. And then what were you doing there? Because I was on the red carpet doing some stuff with, um, I don't even know, just intern stuff, like helping with cards or doing stand-in stuff. Like, I have no idea. And then were you I, interning for much music? It was uh, part of Bell Media, so it was E! News, I think. at the time um but when you're in the building when you're an intern like for one of the networks you're kind of like an intern for the building so if they need more interns they'll be like oh we grab all the interns from the departments to help with things so you kind of like bounce around um but yeah i remember i had met you there but then i had loosely known dan 
Dan Roto. Dan Roto, who's another mutual friend of ours. And we haven't really talked to him that long, but we would love to like catch up. I knew him vaguely because I auditioned for like to be like the backstage correspondent because like Subway had some like contest, but he won it. But then we had known each other. I don't even know how. And then like when he won, I was like, hey, like congrats. Like that's cool that you're doing this or something like that. And then... I knew him and then he re- he was a part of that. Then he met you. Then I just kind of joined. And then I knew a girl from university that was also part of that. So I was like, whoa, what a small world. Like, was every- that Allegra? Yeah. Okay. And like, we were like, they knew each other in university. Weren't like necessarily like, super close. But then it was like, oh, I know her. But then I met you. And then that's how it kind of started. So funny. Because like, I vaguely remember that. But I can't remember like the actual like first moment or anything. But it's funny because if you go back far enough or when, you, when I first met you and stuff, I think you vlogged that. Yeah, no, I did. And, like, it's me in there. It's like we weren't even, like, close yet. It was just, like, and I think I was still in the closet, so I had my straight voice <laughs> Because uh, I think we looked at it once, and I was like, yo, what's up? Like, I was like, yeah, it was so oh cringe. I should, like, edit in that footage. Oh. Good times. Okay, so you did that, and then after, did you do anything in between? Because recently you were doing, like, real estate stuff. Like, my first, like, job job, I think, after that was doing, um, it was a startup that was doing, like, basically, like, Amazon storefronts, but before Amazon was doing that. And my job was, like, basically sales, like, so finding creators who had, like, um, uh, like, affiliate link type of, like, contents, like, you know, beauty, fashion. And then this store or this company would, like, help them build a storefront. So that was my first in like inside like scoop and like, whoa, people are making money doing this. Like, but I don't even think it was brand deals. It was just affiliate links and like that was kind of my job. And then I got more curious and I moved to Vancouver for something else and I jumped into like that MCN role that I did oh, for a bit. Right. I always forget about that. Yeah. Um, and so I've always kind of like was around the industry and then did it a little bit. And then I would say in the last like, I don't know, four years, I probably took it more seriously and actually saw traction and was like making money off of it that I was like oh I could sustain myself and then eventually the the real estate thing that you're talking about I stopped eventually um because I was like well it wasn't aligned anymore and at the same time I was like well I am making money doing this like I might as well just like you know jump in head first and see how this goes yeah because when you're doing the real estate I guess you were you were basically doing social media but for their like not your personal page because you didn't you do like YouTube videos for them too yeah, I would host some of their YouTube videos and stuff, but I still did all my own work. Like, I still always made money online for the last, like, three years, um, four years even, maybe. But I don't know. I just kind of stuck with it. And now it's been, like, a year and a half, two years with not having, like, a full-time job. And I sometimes enter, like, I'm like, how have I survived? But then you just kind of, like, it just flows. I don't know. It's kind of nice. Like, at what point did you feel like you were comfortable making the switch from like having the stable income to just like freelancing yourself. Basically. I don't think it was like a, like an actual thought. I, this is, and I love that your podcast is called lucky life because I always feel like I'm just lucky. I don't know. I don't actually have a step-by-step. So when someone's like, how'd you do it? I'm like, I don't know. It just felt natural. The universe kind of pushed me in the right direction. It didn't work with the job. Then I said, I'll take a break. I'll just focus on this. Cause I had some contracts coming in and it was very like, probably pretty scary for a lot of people just to go, I'll see what happens. Like that's for a lot of people who have like anxiety around like work and stuff would be like, that's scary. Like I can't do that. So I just kind of trusted my gut the whole time. And I was like, it feels good. And then money would come in. I was like, oh, that's fun. And then I had more free time. And then, you know, more contracts came. And then I just felt like the flow of that energy kept going. So I don't, I didn't have like an actual moment. I always say like, Steven's probably my most delusional friend, (laughs) but like in a good way. Because like whenever we talk, it's like, 
oh, we're manifesting. Always. Like, we always talk about, like, our fame and fortune. Tarot cards. <laughs> Tarot readings. Oh, my goodness. I always say that about you, too. I don't know. I always feel like we're the most, like, because I'll send you tarot readings all the time and yeah. you'll watch them and you'll send me them and then I'm like but you get it like everyone else I think like is like oh yeah like get it manifest and then my other friends I think they're probably like yeah like that's not gonna happen and then I'm like no it's gonna happen and then you also are like yeah yeah <laughs> like our entire TikTok messages back and forth is just like tarot reading tarot reading yeah it's a lot of tarot it's all like there's gonna be eyes on you uh, abundance fame like you're gonna be a celebrity <laughs> I still feel that. <laughs> you know what I thought of the other day when I was, or actually this morning when I was on my walk before this podcast? I've done, I've been doing vision boards since I was like 12 or 10 or 11. Um, partially because my mom once came home with a secret. So I think I had like a really good head start. Like a lot of people started doing this stuff like in the last like five-ish, maybe more years. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it since I was 10. And which I think is honestly the best time to start this stuff because you only have your imagination. And it was before like we didn't have cell phones and stuff. So it was like... I had vision boards all the time, but I wish I still had them. I remember them because I have a really good memory, but my vision board, like, when I was 10, was I wanted, like, a fragrance line. I wanted a world tour. I I can't sing. Um, I wanted, like, uh, I was obsessed with Disney, so I was like, oh, I'm going to go on, like, talk shows and, like, go with my, like, my, like, my, like my band if I had one or like, you know, my new show. So I've always had this, like, in my head, some, like, delusional kind of, like, method of like, yeah, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I mean, it's definitely changed on how it's happening, but it's just funny. You were ahead of the times. Your mom got the secret, like the book? For the movie. um, For her like self to watch it. I think she just thought like, oh, you might want to watch this too. And I remember thinking like, it was not really a movie for kids, but I mean, I remember one of the scenes, it's like this guy pretending that he's driving this like, you know, Mercedes or nice car. And I would go to bed thinking of that stuff because it was just easy. I didn't have a phone to go to bed with as a distraction. I would just go to bed and go, you know, thinking of my life or something like that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's been a long time. I've read the book. I haven't seen the movie, but I think that's kind of what got me into it too, which was probably like, I remember I made a YouTube video on it actually. When I was living with Jenny, so probably like like nine years ago, maybe. Yeah, that's a good chunk of time. A lot of people do it like without realizing they're doing it, Mm -hmm. but I feel like you and I, we always bonded over. I think like money is one thing or like it just kind of always works out. Like money just comes in and that to regular like people who are not on board with that think you're nuts, you're crazy, you're like toxic positive. But I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how I got to this place, but I just go, yeah, like it's always going to happen. Like something, a check's going to come in. Something's going to like make it you know better no but that's so true because like with what we do it's like you don't like there's nothing secured things always just like will like randomly come up and it's like i've always been fine but it's all like it's fully out of my control on whether the campaigns come in or not so it's like you kind of just like trust that they will and that's so risky like that like gives people a lot of nerves but somehow it just works for me and i think like i i am okay with it for at least for now do you ever do outreach or is it usually the brands come to you Again, lucky life. I don't know. I sound, I feel like I I don't know. Like people ask me because sometimes there's periods where I'm really busy and like I am doing a lot of campaigns and I'll get like other creators even be like, how are you getting so many? Like, it's so hard out here. Like it's dry and I'm, you know, really busy and, and I'm not a massive creator. So it's not like I'm probably on the micro side, I guess you would call it. Um, and I don't know. I've reached out to like a handful over the years and sometimes they're successful. Sometimes it's a gifting. I reached out to one before the holidays um, and they, they turned into a paid collab and I was like, Oh, that's kind of nice. But the rest truly come to me. 
Like, it's so in that, like, receiving mindset. I don't know. And, again, it sounds probably annoying to people that are like, oh, just, you just get them? Like, how does that work? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, they just come. But going back, like, you mentioned the micro-influencer. Because I think I technically am, too. At least, like, on Instagram and TikTok. I think it's under, like, 100K or 90K mm-hmm. followers, I think, is technically a micro. But it's almost nice to be in that space. Because I've heard people say that, like, once they um, got, like... I don't know when they like blew up and were no longer micros like they didn't get as many brand deals because I think some companies probably would rather like space out the campaign and get like multiple pieces of content from different creators versus putting like the entire budget into one person um so I think there's pros yeah like obviously if you have a bigger following like you can charge more but I don't know I think there's like like a drawback to that too yeah, I think you also have to have your rates somewhat competitive, but also, I don't know, um, like enough that you can live off of and stuff too. Like I'll still take campaigns that are not like super high paying just out of the sheer like, well, it's still easy. Like I can do it. Like I don't mind once in a while. But like I know like larger creators that might charge like five or six or ten grand like for like a, a campaign, maybe even more. Some probably charge like 50, 100 grand. Like you always hear these stories. Um, I talked to someone at like an agency and they said that they were signing like um, not signing, but doing this huge year-long contract for a family family account, like a family TikTok account, $700,000 over the course of a year. But I'm like, that's a massive campaign. Yeah. And imagine like being the person on the, like the account manager, whoever's like doing this is like, okay, I'll never see that money in my salary here. I always think it's that. It's so weird. Yeah. So neither of us are with management, but when you have management they're the ones that um they'll like do the contracts negotiate your rates and everything and it's just like i always think about them seeing the numbers that come through for their influencers like i don't know how much talent managers make but it's probably like a pretty standard salary yeah like i think i googled it once and it's like maybe around like 60k 70 yeah and there might be an incentive if your talent books more if the agency set up that way that you might get a share of the profit Mm -hmm. But but then, yeah, going back to what you're saying, it's like if they have big creators, they could be getting like 60, 70K for one deal project. Yeah. And so like, oh, that's probably like crazy. to Which see. is low key the goal, because I would I would rather do like one campaign every two months that maybe paid something like in that area mm-hmm. where it's like, OK, then you can like, you know, breathe and not have to pump up like six to get the same result. Because I think then you can be more selective and then be more creative with like the one or if it's like long term. I think those are always better. Yeah. Do you ever feel like stressed about the money aspect of being like self-employed? Yes. Like a lot of the time, not the money so much, like how it comes in or how I make it. Cause I feel like it always kind of works right now. I'm going to flow with it. It's more like the managing of it. Like now that I've got a lot of these checks come in, like in January, now I have a chunk of money in my account, but I'm like, what do I do with it? Like, where do I put it? How do I put it away? What goes into taxes? Um, how do I, space out what I need just to live and slowly like make sure I'm set up each month. I've not mastered that. So I, Oh my gosh. Like self-employed taxes is the most stressful thing. And like tax time is coming up now. And it's just like one of those things that like I try to not think about it and I like leave it to the last minute because like the first year that I was fully working for myself, like I had no idea how this worked. And then when it was like, okay, you owe this much. I was like, because you didn't put it aside probably and you don't no one tells you that no i saw this funny meme today that my girlfriend showed me that was like do you know what a parallelogram is like just like a shape 
And you learn a like it's like a shape in math or something like that. Anyways, um, again, it doesn't matter because no one actually needs it. But they teach you parallelograms like the surface, like the surface area perimeter. Like you just use it in math equations in like elementary and high school. Um, someone's like, wow, I'm so glad I learned what a parallelogram is because parallelogram season's coming up soon. And I was like, it's so true. It's like, this is so dumb. Like, we actually only want to learn what's going to, like, help us. We should be taught taxes, budgeting, uh, how to, like, invest your money. That's another thing I have, like, no idea about. Yeah. Just, like, investing. Or just, like, math problems for kids, but, like, make them realistic for actual, like, about money or banking or saving. Because I feel like, you know, again, other memes are, like, you know, I saw this thing that someone had like three hundred, like three, like hundred eggs in their fridge or something. Someone's like, "Oh, there's Timmy from that math problem," because it was always like Timmy has three hundred eggs, and you're like, yeah. "What? That's not real. That's not a real circumstance." It's just like so far out from like anything you would actually use. Yeah. When you get your taxes done, do you do it by yourself or do you get it like someone else to do it? No, I have an accountant now, but I'm changing mine over now. How much do you pay to get your taxes done? Well, the place that I go here in Yaletown, like honestly, like they're like okay um it was like 400 when i first started then it was like six or 700 the second year and then last year was 900 dollars, and i was like that's insane and then i tell everyone else like a friend or my mom they're like that's astronomical like you should not be paying that much and i my mom and other friends are self-employed and i was like okay so i'm switching to like another guy in i think toronto but that's so weird because like when i i used to go to um it was like that it's more like prestigious firm i think my cousin recommended them but i would pay it was somewhere between one and two thousand dollars to get my taxes done Jeez. and i was just like this doesn't fully make sense but I'm like maybe this is just like how it is and then I recently switched in the past few years, and now it's like $300. That's good. I'm like, that seems accurate. Yeah. More reasonable. $2,000 to get it, like, just have it done. That's, like, they're not helping with, like, bookkeeping or anything throughout the year. No. If they did bookkeeping, oh, my God, I probably should consider that, too. Yeah. And then another thing, like, uh, you're supposed to pay installments. I never do. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> See, this is why we need to be taught. So yeah, like throughout the tax year, I mean, if you're self-employed, you know, but nothing is taken off your checks. So it's up to you to like put that aside. But throughout the year, you're supposed to pay like installments. They just like assume you're gonna be making about the same as the year prior. So it's like based off of that. But then it's like, what if you make way less? I guess you would just get money back. I don't know, but anyways, I never pay it. And then I realized that at the, like when my tax, this came around, I was paying like $2,000 in installment, like interest. Uh, oh my God. Okay. Now you're <laughs> freaking me out. Cause I'm like, wait, I don't know. I don't think I've paid installments. I think I remember calling once and I tried to do installments, but then like, like that sounds familiar from like two years ago. But then I was like, cause my taxes the first year were like full transparency, like $14,000. And I was like, I, I did not have that money set aside. Like I truly had like five. And I was like, uh, wait, what? So it took forever to like pay it. But then I was just throwing money at my like on my bank account. You can like make it a payee like randomly. But I was like, wasn't like set installments. I feel like I'm always in arrears because I've never, I'd never like fully had the money the first time. Yeah. So now this time, like this year, I was like, okay, save like 30%, 30%, 30%. So that's why I want to get better at the budgeting part of it, at least for my day to day, like lifestyle, like my my money that I need. Well, it's another thing because like some people say, pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't pay your taxes, like wait till the very end and then pay your taxes. And so I was like, oh yeah, just put it in like 
a high interest savings account or like invest in something so that you're making money while you have it. But then when I realized that I was getting penalized for not paying installments, I was like, oh, this is kind of like biting me in the ass. We had on our podcast, we had a money person come in and honestly, I want like more money people on the podcast because I'm so interested and I'm also so upset at like the Canadian school system that it's just this confusing. Everyone gives you different advice on saving, budgeting, how to invest, what to invest in. You listen to a podcast, someone's like, oh, invest in this. And then someone says, don't touch your RSPs, don't touch your TFSAs, do this. Then someone's like, max them out. You're like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't actually know. Yeah. Do you use your RSPs? I do. Um, but again, didn't really know. Fucked up. I put all my money in my RSPs because I was going to do this for like first time home buyer. They get this money back. But then when we actually bought it our first place, it was now with my mom and my sister. So, but we couldn't use first time home buyer because my mom was in the mix because she already had a home. So then I just like, but all my money that I needed, I had to pull out of there because I didn't have it. Now I was just stuck there and no one told me that I'm going to be taxed up the ass. And then I just had to bite the bullet and be taxed so I could still get the money that I needed or at least a portion of it. And I was like, oh, and then now I hate my RSPs, but I just do like the minimum, like a small amount every month just to be like, I will touch this at 65, but I'm not relying on this to retire. I'm going to work on other investments on the side. This will just be a bonus when I turn 65. I used, I had put a huge chunk of money in RSPs because I did pull mine out for mm-hmm. when I bought my first place. So that was beneficial, but you have to pay it back within a certain time yeah. frame. And so it's like each year, it's like you owe this much back into your RRSPs. At the end of the day, it's like it's nice knowing that I do have yeah. that put aside. But like I don't even know how beneficial it is for us. I know like if you're with certain companies, they'll like match it. And I think mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, like I guess like it saves you when it comes down to tax time because you can like put that away and yeah. it takes away from what you're yeah income would be that's probably the most beneficial thing the only thing that too that always like i don't know maybe because we're just a country that's taxed and stuff but i'm like so now you're 65 and you're still taxed on taking it out it's like what like stop taking the money like so crazy i hate taxes i know why they like exist in different things and stuff like you know street lights and medical stuff but then you're just like ugh it's defeating. And the more money you make, like sometimes like I've actually done the math before because I was like, if I want to make, let's say $200,000 a year, I don't know what that is. That's $20,000 a month, maybe clean without taxes. It basically like, it's almost like if you work harder for 400K a year, I, I can, I'm going to butcher this, but basically like the math that I did is if you want to make $20,000 clean every month after taxes, it's like making 400,000 or something. In the end, because if you make $400,000, you're taxed like 48% of your money. So you end up like walking away with like 200000 ish. So you're like almost better off making like 250000 a year and getting closer to that like amount versus working harder. And work. it just, I don't know. I'm not making any sense right now. I know what you mean. But it just w- works almost like what's the point of working harder for $400,000 a year if like it's going to be marginally less and will be taxed less at two fifty and have like probably the same life at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the more you make, the more you pay. So it's like, where's the sweet spot where you're keeping as much money but making however much you Now, if you make that much money, like $400,000, $500,000 a year plus, you're just assuming you're smarter with it at that point, that you are writing things off, that you can take home, you know, you're incorporated. Like, that's what I'm trying to do now is incorporate. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Are you just like a, a sole proprietor? Or, yeah. yeah. I am too. But I feel like I should have like a business account and then be like, and pay yourself through mm. that. Yeah. Look at us. We don't know anything. We literally have no idea what we're saying. <laughs> 
I almost incorporated one year because it, it is definitely beneficial at some, like a certain point. I think I would incorporate if I started making a certain amount more. I just had to take a break to get water because my throat was... I'm also a really bad host. I didn't even offer you water. <laughs> no, it's fine. You offered me coffee. What were we talking about? I don't know. Money? I feel like... Being incorporated. Being incorporated. I feel like I'm not equipped to give anyone an advice. And then I feel like people on the internet will be like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, whatever you're doing is fucked. What we're saying is probably not helpful. It is probably relatable to people, but sure. we're, we're not advising you to do what we do because no. we have no idea what we're talking about. If anyone is listening and does have, like, advice, let me know. Let yeah. us know. <laughs> Direct us to someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, who did you have on your podcast that was the finance We person? had a financial coach um, that I was actually going to work with, but she charged like $3,000. And honestly, I get it. Like, I probably would do something like that just to like help educate me. But at the time, and even now, I'm not prepared to spend $3,000 on this. Um, but she's basically a money coach and she helps people like with their investments and this and that it really like goes through the nitty-gritty with you and i'm like honestly like i do need something like that mm -hmm. at some point and she knew my like situation and like having mortgages and all this so i think like everyone's situation is unique but you do need someone that you trust that can kind of like guide you through like how to do it and how yeah to invest. i think that's something that like you would get return on your investment if you had someone advise you on that like I've thought about that so many times especially just mainly for investing mm -hmm. um like having a bookkeeper would be nice too just to keep track of things throughout the year but it's like when it comes to investing I have no idea where to put my money like crypto I'm just <laughs> like oh like I love the idea of it but like I don't think like I don't want to be putting my money into things that I don't understand like I need to be able to wrap my head around it or have some like knowledge before I feel good about it although I do have some crypto and honestly, I've made the most interest on my crypto versus any other. Have you like, cashed it out? Um, or any of it? I've taken it out before, like when I had like $50 in it, like nothing. But um, I know someone who was actually gifted like one, <laughs> one crypto. One coin. One, one coin. Bitcoin. One Bitcoin. Which is like, how much are those worth now? Like When she got it, it was worth... 50, 60? I want to say, I think it was like 40 USD or something. 40,000 USD. That's a nice gift. <laughs> but like, she's already taken a bunch out and it's like almost doubled. I don't know. It's like if you put like a big chunk in, obviously you have to be prepared to lose it if things tank. Yeah. Um. But it's like, yeah, that one's like pretty steady. Crypto is the one thing I don't understand at all. I've tried. I've looked at. It's just, it goes over my head. Honestly, even just regular stocks go over my head. So I'm like, I need, I don't even, I, and I've been better at stocks. Like I took a more invested interest and I started like doing more like, um, what are they even going to know what they're called? Um, index funds, I guess. Um, that's what the financial coach on the podcast, our podcast um, kind of introduced. And she gave us some of the, 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 like, the codes for them, mm -hmm. like a Vanguard, a this, a that, that kind of like, I guess have a bunch of, well, what I do know about index funds is basically like, it's a bunch of companies under one, like successful companies-ish mm -hmm. under one stock, I guess. So if you're investing in the stock, you're investing in a multiple of these companies. So those always historically do okay on average because they're like safer yeah. um, versus like just investing in like one company. Yeah. Um, again, if I worded something wrong, I don't know. But anyways, so... We're just like sitting here giving the worst <laughs> financial advice. 
you know what I sometimes I just feel that I'm like just spend it all blow it like that's what I really want to say I'm like life is so short like but then I don't want to hit like 60 and be like crap I'm not working anymore like what's going on so. totally yeah I think there's like I don't know so you don't want to be like hoarding all your money and like not living your life I think you need to spend it because like you could die tomorrow and then you'd be like oh why the fuck did I not use my money but then also yeah you need to be prepared for the future so yeah. one thing I'm good at is enjoying my life yeah like i would say i enjoy my life so if i was like you know if i dropped dead tomorrow i would go he lived Mm -hmm. he lived like truly (laughs) but i think that's good though like i mean you could also like have all your money in a savings account and then something happens and then you lose it and you're like again why didn't i just use it when i had it or you could have no money and then someone gives you a bitcoin the next day yeah, I mean, that's really nice. It but happens. lucky life, things lucky happen. Lucky life. I, because I have these two properties with my mom and my sister, um, I'm not suggesting that these are going to, like, be my saving grace, like, in the next couple of, you know, like, 20, 30 years. But the fact that, like, I guess we do have, like, the condo here, I'm like, that actually, like, I probably could see that being close to paid off, like, in my lifetime mm-hmm. of holding on to it. Um Or, like, actually profiting off of it and selling in, like, a few years. So I'm kind of, like, in that path where it's, like, if you can get to the place of, like, getting into real estate investing or something, because that's what I'm the most interested in. Yeah. um, Then I feel like you can slowly, like, you know, lift off of a mortgage to get another place or sell that property to buy something, like, bigger. Like, you can slowly start up-leveling that way. Um, So that's kind of my thing, is I do want, like, more properties, but I want, like smart investment properties. I'd want like a semi that has like an upstairs and a downstairs. Maybe you can rent out both floors. Um, or if I buy my own home at some point, I'd be, I'd be totally content with renting the basement. Yeah. I don't need like the whole house to myself. So thinking of ways to like, I don't know, make your money work for you and also like not pay the huge mortgage rate all the time by yourself. Yeah, I agree. It's like, uh, real estate's nice because it is one of those things that your money is invested in something, but you can still like tangibly use it. And see it, like drive yeah. by and go, okay, that's my money. <laughs> and then like it makes more sense in my mind because it's like a physical thing versus just like this elusive money out there doing who knows what. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's like in most cases it's going to increase in value and then you can also like rent it out. And then obviously there's like fees and stuff that an interest, like mortgages, <laughs> that's like a whole nother thing. But like, yeah. have you realized like in the beginning the amount of money that's actually going to your mortgage is so small. It's like almost all like the interest in the beginning. Yeah. Our, I think with, cause our mortgages are like, not, like we're going to like our second year with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know, but I think we haven't touched. I don't think we've actually touched because we got it at the time. The mortgage rates were a little bit higher. Oh, right, so it's yeah. kind of like, I don't think we've touched the actual principal. Like, and if we did, it's like a super small percentage. So it's kind of like, that's annoying, but... It's so... Like, I didn't even understand how that worked. Like, when I bought my first place, I literally had no idea of anything. Mm -hmm. I just kind of, like, jumped into it, which, honestly, I'm really glad, though, because I bought it at such a good time. But when I would look at my mortgage, and I'm like, how do I still owe basically the same amount, like, five years later versus when I bought it? And it's because, like, yeah, like, your principal really does not go down in the beginning. Yeah, I've heard that there's, like, a chart uh, that kind of... um, basically looks like by like year eight or nine it starts going down like you start paying more into your principal Mm -hmm. and then every year you start paying more and more more into it and that's kind of how it like 
goes down. But yeah, if you can, I, I mean, not now the mortgage rates are really high, but like generally speaking, the one thing I learned in school for like a math problem <laughs> was um, they, there was something called like a mortgage like accelerator or something. So it's like your mortgage is like $2,000 a month. You can like do it biweekly and do like, mm-hmm. and that changes your like term or something or changes like how quickly you pay it off. Or you can add like even like an extra like 200 bucks a month makes a big difference sometimes in like your payments. So if you can like sustain paying more sometimes, um, in this case, I feel like we can't. But like if it was something that was less, I think you could. And it actually like makes like you can go from like 25 years to like, you know, like 15, 18 years sometimes. Yeah, I just I had a call with my mortgage broker recently because mine's up for renewal. And she was kind of talking about that. And it's like... Um, I think I can put down like another like $50,000 each year without getting penalized. So you can actually like pay it off like quite a bit sooner if you really wanted to, which like if I was making more, I probably would, but it's like, I'd rather like use that money for other things like right now. Yeah. Mortgages, stressful. It's just like another stressful thing. But then you guys also have your Airbnb. Do you guys, Mm. you bought that? We bought that I think in 2022. Yeah. 2022, I think. Are you guys profiting from that? Like with the We're not like profiting every like so the the backstory with that is that we started we did that and then we got a property manager in the area. So it was our first time doing Airbnb, so we had no idea. Um I'm sure we could have figured it out, but this guy this guy, this couple, they lived there, they were used to, they like they were in the area, they already had two Airbnbs. Um, and they like, you know, new snow, snowblower people, gardener people, just like little things that you might need to like call up on. And they had all those like contacts and we didn't know our neighbors at the time. And anyways, fast forward, they worked with us for a year. So we were making like money, but then they also took like a percentage, which was fine. We were happy to do that for the year. And then eventually they parted ways with us. And then, you know, we went up there more, we knew our neighbors more. So now we are fully running it ourselves. So there's no extra fee there, but it, the mortgage is just high, so it's hard to, like, actually profit. I would say the last couple of months we've been, like, supplementing. Now, the blessing is that there's three of us, which is nice, so not one person's taking the whole mortgage. So whatever's left in the account every month, like, based on the bookings, then we're like, we just pay the difference. Which still can be high, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, now we're heading into, like, better kind of season, so I feel like it'll be a little bit better. And yeah. now I'm trying to focus on it more, send, like, influencers up there and kind of market it more. It's a cute place. I One of the reasons that I kind of want to move back to Toronto, too, which is, like, a maybe different episode or different topic, but is we have that there and i'm like i would use that more go up and shoot more content up there like it's so nice to just be up in nature in like two hours Mm -hmm. so i can't do that here were you guys affected at all by like the new airbnb rules that came into play that was just bc though i think okay yeah a few people messaged me around that time like oh no so sorry and i was like it hasn't happened i don't think it'll happen Mm -hmm. um a lot of these areas are also like vacation spots anyways so i don't know what would happen like our area is residential like people do live there full time um and have grown up there and all of that but i don't know i don't think the average person in like where our cottage is which is in huntsville ontario i don't think people are looking to rent necessarily they're probably looking to buy mostly and just for anyone who doesn't know because i think is it so now like so many people had airbnbs as like like they would buy a property and just use it as an airbnb but now it has to be your principal residence so you can like rent or you can airbnb your like a room or like a basement suite i think in vancouver or yeah BC, that's but it's it. like you can't just like buy 
an apartment and use it for Airbnb anymore. No, but I think Vancouver and the cities have always been, even Toronto, like, I don't think it's a, a, like, it's not a permanent rule, but they do the same thing where it has to be 30 days minimum or it has to be, um, or some buildings won't allow it. And I remember thinking, like, oh, that's kind of annoying. Like, it's your business. It's your investment. You should use it how you want to. But honestly, when it comes to the, the busy cities and stuff, I think as, like, an owner, I don't think I'd want my next door neighbor having a revolving door of people coming yeah. in all the time. No, that's true. Also, you know the sound levels in your building and have, like, different sound levels coming in all the time, I think, um, isn't great. And because Vancouver is so popular to rent in that it's actually, like there needs to be availability because oh, yeah. there's like, nothing. People are like struggling to find apartments. So. That are reasonably affordable. Yeah. Like it does make sense. Um, it just sucks for the people that have made like full on Airbnb businesses out of having yeah. like multiple properties. But I think it makes sense for the concentrated areas and like maybe some surrounding spots. But I think if you're like a couple hours away from a city center and it's like a vacation spot, I feel like it's a little more fair game because people yeah. are looking to go up there just for two, three days. Um, I don't think like our personal cottage where people would like, I need to rent it. I want to come live there. Like, I don't think we're taking up space in the rental market necessary. I think people want to just either buy it outright and live there or just rent it out. Mm -hmm. No, I think that makes sense. I know there was like at one point I was like, Ooh, I want to get into like Airbnb, but there's just like things to think about. Then you guys had your studio too at that one point. I've had a lot of like little businesses. Um, and then, like, Stephen rents out his car. Like, what yeah. else do you do? What are your, like, streams Rent of income? Rent out the apartment. Actually, someone's coming next week. Or, sorry, this week, I think. Um, the car I didn't really do anymore. I was on Turo. I did that, like, kind of in the beginning because I wanted a car. And I just thought it was the easiest way to get a car slash rent it out and not pay for the car. And I did that for the beginning. And it was, like, nice. It would pay for the car, like, supplement a part, part of it. Um, and then I traveled and I got busy and then you can't give people your car to do that. Like I would always have to then like tell a friend, can you go to my building, go to the basement, get the car. Like it's just too much for like someone to do. So I kind of stopped doing it and they actually unlisted me from the app because they're like, you haven't been active in like 80 days or something. I was like, yeah, never mind. (laughs) Uh, my apartment is the easiest one to rent out, but it's not like consistent. Like I couldn't rely on it for like income. Uh, unless my space was like really cool, like a unique, like really, I mean, my place does have big windows, but, um, if it was like a loft or like something like cooler with a little more like industrial space, I think people would book it more, but it's very much an apartment that people mm-hmm. are coming to take photos in. So what do people mostly rent it out for, for like photo shoots or like headshots, else? like videos. I've had people come for like, um, social media content, like, um, uh, it was a company, like a hair product company that just used my bathroom for like a few hours. Mm-hmm. That paid well because we were for like five or six hours. So like, that's okay. Um, But like the guy that's coming next week, it's like $125. Like it's not like a ton, but I always look at it. Like I always look at those as like chopping off rent. So if I pay like 2000, like, okay, minus 125 this month. And then I feel like I'm living in Vancouver for like $1,900 a month, you know? It's also like, if you're going to be out and about and your place is just sitting here, it's like nice that you're getting paid for it. Yeah. And I work from home, but I'm not, I don't have like a, job that I used to be like demanding for. So it's like, yeah, I could take an hour break, go walk around, do something. Yeah. Go run an errand. Just all these like little ways to make money. I I feel like I am not capitalizing on that. Like I wanna have like other like little side things. I feel like yeah, none of these things are super like profitable. But it's like it adds up because you also had like your little, um, aren't those from your business that you had? We're in Steven's uh, 
apartment, by the way. Uh, my home decor line. Yeah. I forget that I did these things, too. I'm like, when did I do this? Yeah. Um, yeah, those are... Um, uh, and th- those are up there, too, the little white ones. Yeah, that I was kind of annoyed with because I feel like it was out of my control how it stopped because, like, the company kind of just, like, stopped producing things. Mm. Or the girl I was in contact with, like, stopped working there, but they never told me she stopped, so I just kind of, like, lost contact. So Stephen had a... Um... Yeah, like home decor. Yeah. It was a 3D printed home decor, like little collections. It had like little like pieces that varied in size but, um, that were just like, you know, shelf, like things for your shelf, office, like whatever. Yeah, like art pieces essentially. Yeah. But so that was like almost like a like drop shipping because you didn't have any part of like the shipping or anything, right? No, I would like make the design, have them just like set up and like they would like have all of the the dimensions and all of that and then people would order and then just get sent to them and they would print it and then send it. Um, which was a great business model in a lot of ways. Because mm-hmm. you didn't have to pay anything up front, right? No. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it was okay. But it was also like just different things. You don't get the custom things. Like the box was just a regular box. It didn't have my name on it. It didn't have a label on it. Like um, it was still very in the early stages. Mm-hmm. But... I one thing I know is I am very entrepreneurial, and even if though 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 these things don't like go huge or like make me a ton of money, I feel like I've just I learn all the time from them, and I always like fully know that I just won't work for someone, and I just know that, and I don't know what all of my pieces will be like if it'll just be content creation, if it'll be like this or that or whatever, or a bigger business or a brand, but I just know that it has to be for myself. Yeah, like there's no other way. Yeah, and there's also, like, so many things you can do. It's like you have an audience that you can direct towards, like, other businesses that you have. I don't know. There's so many things. Like, what do you have any other, like, ideas in mind of, like, businesses or, like, where do you want to take your career? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Right now, I'm very happy being, like, in the creation space and not really having an extra brand right now. I have, like, I do like the idea of home decor. I do like the idea of, like, you know, plates or cups or mugs, things like that. Um... Now my computer's going off. I do like the idea of the kind of like a drop shipping site. Like maybe just has to, not even my own brand of home decor, but like just different things that I've curated that I like, and you know people buy from like these retailers, and then you mm-hmm. kind of profit off of that. Like having like a marketplace. Yeah, and then eventually as like my brand or like my image gets larger, I feel like I would love to make like a, like a, a book, like a coffee table book, or something like of design or travel or something that's like still like like a piece of your business that way. I've actually seen quite a few influencers do books. Mm, and I always wonder, like, do they write them, though? Or is someone else writing it for them? I don't know if I'd want, like, a book book. I think I'd want more of, like, a lifestyle, like, coffee oh, table book I see. vibe. So either... Not, like, about you. No, I don't... Don't think I'd write a book that way. Another thing we always talk about, though, is, like, reality TV. Mm, like, maybe mm-hmm. that's in the future. <laughs> I am I could. I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know, like, how much we can say, but, like, we... I mean, it's... They've recorded it now. Oh, yeah, we're good. So Stephen and I were both approached by this casting company, I guess. they Did they DM us on Instagram? I think that's how yeah. it happened. So we went through the entire um, like application process, interview process. I think there was like four... Did we go through like four interviews or something? We basically made it to the very end, and then we didn't make it through. But like now that I think back, I'm so glad that we didn't get on, because like, it was not a show... That's not our vibe, the show that... <laughs> I think we were both on the fence, like, thinking, like, we would do it if the opportunity came up. Because I was in Europe, and I was like, well, I have to fly back. Like, I'm about to go on this, like, crazy adventure. <laughs> 
like, holy crap. Like, what am I going to do? Um, and then I think when I didn't get it, I wasn't, like, defeated. I was like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is okay. But it was interesting just to have the experience of going through the full casting process. Well, it gave me an insight of, like, what they do and how to, like, interview you and sort of, like, I was, even in the interviews, I was like, I know what they're trying to do. Like, they're trying to collect a story. They're trying to collect a tidbit, like a little piece, like a little breadcrumb of something because they want that character development. Because he's like, so when you were like, da 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 as a young kid, did you, how did that like coming out even happen for you? And then it's like, oh, you're trying to piece a story to see if I can weave into this like dynamic of the show mm-hmm. or if I can really overcome something in the show and that you can play that up. So you see now that if another reality show is to approach us or like to apply or whatever, you're prepared for like the interview and go, okay, like I know what you guys are trying to like do. Yeah. And then we applied for another one recently too and just like fully didn't <laughs> get We didn't through. hear back. <laughs> but my tarot cards suggest otherwise. So part of me is like, you never know they're always like so many eyes on you like fame is coming blah 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 we'll have to find out i claim i claim i, I feel claim. like it'll just happen at like nowhere like oh my god yay i always just feel like it's like when you least expect it things happen it's like the more you try to force it, it doesn't happen as quickly no but i do feel like more and more i feel more and more aligned and more and more like not even a reality show but just like more and more like my time is coming like i feel like there's no other possible outcome for me to like not want to do the things that i want to do like you know like it just doesn't make sense like i'm almost on the like the the far side of the delulu where i'm like oh it's so gonna happen like there's no other like there's no other outcome and if there's a different outcome it's just gonna be a different version of something else i didn't think about Mm -hmm. but it won't be like accountant like that's not the pivot my life is gonna take like i just know that that's not it no Although we do appreciate accountants. I really, if you are an accountant, I need one. I'd love to marry an accountant. Yeah. Really. Maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that'd be so helpful for us. I do like the person that I use now. It's just like this like random like website. Like I don't meet with them in person or anything. Mm. But do you meet with yours in person? Mm-mm. It's oh. just like on a phone call or like Zoom. Yeah. It was like everyone has like their own skill set that benefits the world. And that's not mine. If you had a dream partner, what job do you think you'd want them to have? I feel like I've thought about this so many times. And like, okay. I, well, my my opinion on this has changed so much. I used to avoid athletes like the plague. Yeah. Like, no. Like, players, not into it. But now, I want to be a wag. Like, 100%. <laughs> like... I follow a couple girls on social media and they just travel with their boyfriends. They make content. And it's like a symbiotic, is that the right word? A symbiotic relationship. It's like it benefits both of them. Um, And they just like make content on the road and like support their partner. And I'm like, it's so cute. It's obviously you're seeing like a glamorized version. Yeah. And I don't know. And also like there definitely are players that are athletes but then I think there's like loyal ones too. I don't know. Oh, I think that, for sure. I mean, I think it's always easy to go. They're all assholes. They're all pigs. But I feel like that's not true. Like I know a girl. Again, I don't know her relationship that well. But um, she married a hockey player from like our, our hometown. Um, and he seems like literally nice, like super vanilla. Like he's not like a star player by any sense of the word, I don't think. But um, they seem like in love and like super happy. And like he doesn't seem that he has that vibe. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's good. You know, Um I think for me, I don't, I've, I would say like my, my first answer is like, I would date, like, I would love if someone was like an interior designer. Like, I love that as a career. And it's not one that I've ever explored for myself. 
I just like interior design, but if my husband did it, I'd be like, oh, this is fun. I'll get my fix. Maybe we're like, joint, our businesses align, but mm-hmm. we just like, I help out, but he like, it's his job kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Uh, or just understand the business because I would love to like renovate homes and flip homes at some point. So if someone has that like architect, interior designer vibe, skill set, that would be helpful. I'm not opposed to like a real estate agent or anything either. Um, and then I, honestly, I would date another creator. That's like, people don't like that answer. Not like don't like that answer. Like other, our friends are like, I would never, I would never, I would never. Um, but I kind of like it. I feel like if you fully understand this world, I feel like we would just be helping each other. You'd kind of like want to be doing the, the thing like with them a lot. Um, and it would be more of like... Um, I don't know, maybe more motivation, like having like someone that like is in the house that's also doing it, getting deals, doing this, doing this, and talking about building a brand. Um, would I would be open to? I think that maybe it's like a little bit different. I don't know. Like I, I think like for me, I know for like a straight for guy, a straight guy, yeah. like not bashing straight male influencers. I think it depends like what kind of content they make and like I don't know. I just find that actually I don't want to say this. I don't want to like be like hating on anyone, but I just think. I would probably prefer not to I have like an influencer boyfriend, but like I feel like it doesn't come across as, and I mean this like I know we have friends and stuff, but like I think it's a lot of women that I talk to. They want like people that like, you talked about this on your TikTok, but like um, I think when people say masculine men, they don't mean like masculine macho. They mean like masculine and energy and mm-hmm. like you know qualities. And I don't know if an influencer guy in the straight world is like a masculine energy it's very it's kind of like self-involved in a way and i'm saying it as someone that does it like we do it like it's about you and your business but it doesn't bother me with another guy because i think two gay guys it just like it doesn't matter to me yeah but i see for women that they might be like oh okay although thorn bradley who's that like the axe like oh cuts yeah, wood. yeah 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 but then, like, then I'm like, is he really like, like, is he doing brand deals? Okay, so I started following him on TikTok because he's just, he's like hot. I'm sure oh, many of you have seen him. He's just like so hot, just like chopping wood. I'm like, that's like, and that's like a manly thing to do. Yeah. So it's like you're making content, but it's like, that's hot. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up following him on Instagram. He followed me back, so I was like. Oh makes me love him even more but he follows like four thousand people doesn't interact with my content so i'm not taking it personally but um now that i follow him on there and i watch like his stories and stuff um i think he's a personal trainer Mm -hmm. i think he does something in like the fitness realm like online coaching i guess you have to like discern like if someone is like an influencer and then there's like a secondary job component to it then it kind of like makes sense like if i don't know maybe you did a realtor and he's a part of his like job is that or like you date like i don't know um a fitness trainer but it has this in it because i think we know the business and we know that there is a lot of money in it too and it can Mm -hmm. be quite like lucrative for people but it's also it it also reads, I think, to some people like if there's not a lot of money. Like I wonder, like for me, if people date me on dating apps and they know that's what I do. I actually dance around it all the time. When someone's like, what do you do? I say work in marketing. Like I yeah. don't even say that I'm a creator because it sounds weird to type it out. Like, and like they're like, hey, I want to creep influencer. you. I want to see. And they're like, no, I don't want you to creep. And like, yeah. Well, I feel like influencer has a negative connotation as mm-hmm. well. Like I never want to, I never say that, mm-hmm. that I'm an influencer. If anything, I say like content creation. I usually say I work in the social media space. Yeah, that's good too. But then they're like, what do you mean? Like when you're going through like custom, even like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, even today I was talking to a guy in Hinge and he was like, I, he works like, I don't know, I forgot what he does, but he was like, um, he's like, what do you do or something? And I was like, oh, I'm in like marketing. He's like, what does marketing mean exactly? And I was like, 
usually guys don't like call me out on it. So I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that was vague. Like I work in marketing and I, I basically say whatever I used to do on the side because sometimes I'll still consult or like help like companies do social media, like rarely now. But um, so I'm like, oh, I do social media, like marketing for like, you know, real estate or like interior design businesses, which is like not entirely true because I don't really do that. Um, but I don't know. I don't want to say like, oh, I do my own social media on the side for me. Cause then, then they want to creep. And then most guys want to be like, oh, what's your Insta? And it's weirdly enough. You think like on the creator side that you would want people to follow you. I don't like when random guys ask for my Instagram because they check, they, they scope everything out and then they follow you and they want you to follow them back. And then I'm like, we haven't met, we haven't talked. And then you just have this sea of gay men that you follow that you don't know and have never pulled the trigger on actually like dating you. Yeah. So I always want to be like, let's meet in person. If it feels right, we can like talk apps like Raya or something like that. It's already attached. So it kind of like, makes it easier like oh you already know but instagram is like fully a dating app as well like people use yeah. it and it's like an online um like resume like people are like oh who are you talking about you always pull up their instagram yeah but all the guys i find even on raya and other apps they like even if they have it in their bio i'll check they're private i'm like then don't put it in there like there's no point of your little circle is like all i have to create <laughs> yeah. like then don't put your handle in there like you know what is good though? Before, I don't think you could zoom into the mm. the profiles. I would screenshot the profile and then zoom in, but now you can click it and it like it brings it up. up, which is like so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So at least you can kind of get an idea, but a lot of people don't even have their That's face crazy. in their profile picture. Well, I moved my hinge. I don't know if I told you this, but I moved everything to Toronto fully. I'm not. Steven's checked out of Vancouver. Checked the fuck out i think i can swear in your podcast yeah it's fine okay um yeah, i'm done i'm actually done it's not honestly i've been here for five years it's like you know that saying that like when you do the same thing over and over again it's the definition of insanity mm-hmm. i've reached it or like oh, doing expecting, the same like, thing expecting good. a different I'll result look, go. it's just it doesn't it's not adding up yeah it's not working also, we always look at our like astro cartography, <laughs> and what's what's Vancouver for you, or like Toronto, Vancouver? Vancouver what's better? is really good because it says um, Vancouver is a really great place. It basically says you make your passion your job, and I which make, is what you did, or your creativity is your job. And I was like, that's really weird. Like I did do that, but it's like you did that, and now you need to expand it somewhere. Well, now else. it's yeah. I think graduate, move on to the next thing. Yeah, Vancouver is like horrible for me. <laughs> I don't know why. Like I stay here. You're from here. <laughs> literally it's always like saying there's gonna be like turmoil and i'm like at odds and nothing's like adding up and it's like frustration i'm like that's how i feel but anyways i feel like this is getting kind of long Mm -hmm. so we can wrap it up um any tips for someone wanting to get into the influencer space i would say well a i think if you're going to start from like zero like just start on tiktok at this point is probably the easiest place to start and i'm still dealing with this and figuring this out but it's honestly just figure out the things that you'd like to talk about if it's your pov if it's your you know, even apartment or it's your clothes or this or that. I think as long as you add your own spin to everything, you can follow the trends, you can do all the, like the viral little things. But I think as long as you add your spin to it, um, and also if you're seeking out your own original content too, I think it's easy to just copy things as well. And that's just kind of like the industry now, especially with TikTok. But I think if you find what you like, like to do and find a funny way to do it yourself, I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and just start. Everything's going to be cringe. Everything's going to be weird. I huffed and puffed with YouTube for like probably like seven years before I ever did it because of that time. Uh, just thinking, oh, it's so weird. And then even like you who's done it, 
is like you're gonna go back 10 years and go yeah that's cringe but like who cares like you know what i mean well they always say it's cringe until you're successful and then everyone's copying you which is so true it just doesn't matter it's just like it truly doesn't matter and honestly i do hate the word cringe anyways because i'm like who gives a fuck yeah like what is really cringe well some things are sure but like if you're putting yourself out there and talking about things like i think like you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable spot and also be prepared to be criticized 100 percent. it's like you got to start somewhere Mm mm-hmm well, I think that is great advice. Um, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me at Stephen Kovic. Uh, that's Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, and then Kovic, C-O-V-I-C. All one word for Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Just same name all across? All across. Easy, easy peasy. It's not my stage name. What is your stage name? <laughs> it's not my stage name anymore, but when I was a kid... Okay, we have to wrap this up. Um, it was Seth Ryder. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, it, it this goes deep. But I don't know, my mom, I was in like auditions for like acting or something, like when I was like ten or eleven, mom's like, Would you have a stage name ever? And I just went, Seth Ryder, like came into my head. That was just it. That was it. And then you know how I told you I wanted fragrances when I was a kid? <laughs> I had, this is how my mind works. I thought I wanted my cologne for men and perfume for women to be called, like, for men it was Ride Her, R-Y-D. And then for women it was Ride, I was 12. And then Ride Her and Ride Him were my two fragrances. I mean... I see the vision. It would be a good brand, but if you were, like, an adult who, like, was kind of sexy, not a 14-year-old, like 12-year-old that was like... Anyways, it's Stephen Kovic. It's not Seth Ryder. <laughs> Seth Ryder. But, Maybe in the future when he becomes a full-on celeb, but not today. <laughs> Sounds like a porn star. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys so much for watching or listening, I suppose. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, have a great week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>